You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Skate Podcast on weei.com. Bobby Orr, behind the net, the status, and the Bobby Orr! Orr! For the first time in 39 years... The Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. With writer and producer Brian DeFelice. Brian DeFelice is an emerging talent. Bridget Prue. Yeah, he's a little bit on the hot seat. Burn him! And WEEI.com Bruins writer Scott McLaughlin. Oh, great Scott. Lace him up for some bees talk right now. I'm looking at song! It's the Skate Pod on WEEI. Welcome into episode 116 of the Skate Podcast. I'm Brian D. Felice, joined by Bridget Prue and Scott McLaughlin. And Scott was able to have a one-on-one sit-down with A.J. Greer. And Scott, maybe talk to us a little bit about what to expect in this. Yeah, well, first off, a uh, big thank you to, to A.J. Greer, who went even longer than uh, than I'd requested. And I think might have even kept going, like, had I just kept asking questions. But, you know, at a certain point, like, an interview has gone long enough and I don't want to, you know, waste people's time. Um, but yeah, so we covered, covered a lot of stuff, talked about, you know, some, uh, some of the tough years that he's had, um, trying to break into the league times that he's, he's doubted himself that he thought it was, you know, maybe over for him that he should give up. Um, he was, he really opened up a lot, but a lot of stuff he's, he's been open about mental health in the past. Uh, we talked about some of that, um, I don't know if people know if people have like done like a Wikipedia search, they maybe know this, but he got arrested in 2019 uh, for a misdemeanor assault. It was him and uh, Sonny Milano actually of the Calgary flames. Um, he talked a little bit about that. He you know, didn't shy away from it. So a lot of, a lot of stuff there um, that I don't know, hopefully people find interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, a good time to have it too, because, um, right now he's sticking around with the team after cuts. So he's already survived cuts Tuesday and Thursday and looking like he might be breaking into the Bruins bottom six, whether that be on the third line or the fourth line. So interesting to hear from him, especially because a lot of people probably don't know all that much about him. So you're going to learn a little bit more about him and, you know, how he, how he has approached this 
preseason and this opportunity with the Bruins. Yeah. And he just seems like somebody that you kind of want to root for. He's, he's uh, had a, uh, a difficult path to the end what he hopes to be the NHL this year. And it looks like he will be starting the season potentially on a third line with Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith. And, you know, when the Bruins are fully healthy, maybe he might be better suited on the, on the fourth line, but he, uh, he seems to be somebody who's ready to, to make an impact and make a difference and um, is very appreciative of, of the opportunity that lies in front of him. And uh, I, I don't think every professional athlete has that mindset oftentimes, sometimes to take things for granted. So um, we look forward to watching him this year and, and, and learning more about him as a player. I'm, I'm glad to hear um, that Scott was able to kind of discuss some more, you know, deep issues with him and not, not so much surface level that oftentimes players give you. And uh, so I haven't heard this. I look forward to hearing this, Scott. I don't know if you have anything else before you want to throw it over to it. No, I think, I think that's it. I think uh, we can get to the interview now. All right, here with AJ Greer on the Skate Podcast. Uh, AJ, thanks for taking a few minutes. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So, obviously, you've had a pretty good camp. Uh, time on the fourth line. You've moved up to the third line here recently. How do you feel things are going for you? Uh, things are going really well. I feel comfortable, and, you know, I'm just trying to do the best that I can every single day. Uh, I think the practices uh, have been ramping up in, in the details and, and the intensity, and I think it's just for me to keep doing the little things that I do best and not get so caught up in the stuff that I, uh, you know, I want to do much more of. It's just to stay uh, in my lane and, and, you know, provide the, the, the exact role that I play. So. Obviously, again, pretty close now to the start of the season, just one preseason game left. Do, do you feel like you're, you're in a good spot here? And, uh, you know, are you starting to, to think ahead and kind of think of yourself as, as you know, being on this team for opening night? I mean, I try not to think about it really right now, especially with one game left. I'm just looking forward to that game and, and given uh, everything that I have to uh, provide to this team and, and trying to do my best to make this team, obviously. So uh, for myself, is not really to look ahead, but just to, to look at what's right in front of me uh, at the present moment. And, you know, like today was practice day. I just was trying to do the best I could in practice. Tomorrow's another practice day, and then we go from there. So... It's a it's a day by day thing. It's uh, you know you're you're fighting for a job. You're fighting for your livelihood. So it's every single day you got to be dialed in. You can't just be thinking about you know what what's going to happen and everything because next thing you know things are going to be moving a lot quicker than you think and the opportunities are going to be gone as fast as they uh, they came. So you mentioned doing the things that you do well. Uh, I think Bruins fans have seen some of that this preseason. But in your mind, what are the things that, that you can bring to this team? Uh, I think I can bring a lot of energy. I, uh, you know, I'm a good skater. I'm a fast skater, but I also bring a lot of physicality. I try to play as physical as I can, um, and you know, push those D back and whoever I'm forechecking to to give some room to my line mates. Uh, I also, you know, provide an offensive flair to my game. I think that I can set up plays and, and make my teammates better. So, um, you know, standing in front of the net and uh, you know, going to the hard areas, and also just being reliable really just it just hemming in on the D zone and uh, taking care of the details. But uh, all in all, I think I can provide a, a little bit of everything in the three zones. And, and uh, you know, whether that's on the score sheet or, or just uh, energy-wise, you know, I, I could kind of try and do it all and, and see, uh, you know, what I could bring uh, at the certain moment when things are going, you know, whether they're going our way or not. But, uh, yeah, I say like a power forward type player, uh, with you know some offensive flair for sure. 
you're coming off your best AHL season in terms of production. Uh, did you expect to have this kind of opportunity in the offseason uh, on, on a team like the Bruins? Um, to be honest, if you asked me this a year ago, no. Um, but at the end of that year in Utica and going into the offseason, I think that I knew I, there was going to be an opportunity looming just because of how good my game got to a certain point and how comfortable I felt with all the all, all the aspects of my game and you know I really found my identity and I, I, I found a way to stick to it and be consistent with it um, and that was something that you know before when I was coming up as uh, when I was younger starting my pro career I was inconsistent and I was still trying to find the player that I am you know whether I, I went to the American League and I was a point guy and then I would go up and I was a fourth line guy so you know it, it's tough to to figure out at first uh, for some people. And so just playing that same role in the AHL that I played in the, NH I played in the NHL really just started happening last year, and, and I felt comfortable with it. And, you know, I had a big offseason. I came in ready for camp. And so for me, uh, just being able to have this opportunity is a blessing, and I just got to run with it. And uh, you've said in other interviews when we've talked to you, you know, you've been asked a million times, you know, why you haven't been able to stick in other angel jobs and just touched on consistency i want to ask you that since you've been asked that enough but um did things change was it just the consistency did other things change for you like in, within the past year uh i think all in all is just maturity and you know being able to be content with wherever you are at and and know that you know even if you're in the american league you things come quick and you know i i realized that quick enough when you know I was down in Jersey I thought I was going to make the team and then I went right to the American League I was playing my best hockey and I still wasn't getting called up and which you know sometimes it happens but I found a way to just really focus on myself and focus on the team down there and, and really enjoy every single moment uh, I have it tattooed on me memento mori which means you know enjoy every single present moment um, because I felt like a lot of my you know 18 to 23 years were so caught up mentally and, and, you know, in fatigue of thinking ahead of time and trying to dissect the lineups or, or thinking so much about the outside stuff that I was, it was hurting my game. And it was hurting not only my game on the ice, but it was also hurting my life off the ice. Um, it, it was hurting my relationships. It was, it was just hurting myself. Um, and I got so caught up in it. And so I, I really took COVID and, and took the time to, to work on myself and, and try to find a way to just really enjoy life every single day. And that's really, that's really it. Like I, I think I just took on the, you know, the, the maturity and really just told myself like, Hey, like you're, you're, you play a sport for a living and you know, you're healthy, you have a beautiful family and um, you're, everything's great in your life. Just enjoy it. And you know, once I, just started enjoying the people around me and not thinking too much about my career and, and where it's headed and just really enjoyed the process. That's when my, you know, my, uh, my play took off. And, you know, now that I'm here with the Boston Bruins, I'm enjoying every single second of it. Uh, come into the rink, seeing my name next to that logo. It's something that, you know, puts into perspective where I have been a couple of years ago, um, you know, mentally, physically, and, off the ice and now I'm here and you know it's it's finally paid off and so there's a lot of work to be done but 
again, like I said, just taking it day by day, not thinking too much about what's ahead and just enjoying it and having fun. Were there moments when you maybe doubted, you know, whether it would happen for you or whether you'd be able to make it? hundred percent all the time. And you know, that, that stuff destroys you really because, um, you have this, this little voice in your head that's telling you, you can't do it. And you know, there's no way that it, this happens. There's no way that that happens. You know, I was getting, I was getting healthy scratched in Bridgeport. I got healthy scratched twice. Um, you know, and, and so I definitely thought I was over by then. And then next thing you know, I get traded to Jersey in the Palmieri trade. Next thing you know, I get all the opportunity uh, in those last few games in the AHL with, um, with it was in Binghamton at the time. Um, and then it just gave me confidence. I went into the off season, I had a good off season. Um, and then, you know, last year for the NHL part of it, didn't, I, I wasn't satisfied obviously, but again, I just really, just took took on a role where it was like you know have fun with it and I, we had a really good group down there I really liked the coaches I really liked the players so it was easy to have fun every day and enjoy the, the you know the process and and playing in front of the fans in Utica it was awesome so it definitely helped and I think it's just you know I, I took a perspective where it's like you know whatever happens life is going to take you to where you want to be and it's just how it is it's, it's supposed to be like this so for me to be back in Boston when I went to Boston University and you know I made the biggest decision in my life to leave Boston University a school that I loved a team that I loved a full scholarship to you know and I, I bet on myself I had a lot of people telling me don't do it you don't do it you're going to lose a scholarship and you're going to end up going to the queue and you're going to end up not making it and I tell you 95% of the people told me that and I still didn't you know I bet on myself and that's kind of been the motto of my life so, yeah, uh, being back in Boston, an amazing city, and playing for the Bruins is, is awesome. So I'm just looking forward to, like I said, every day playing and um, having fun and looking forward to Saturday. Hopefully I'm in the lineup. You've been pretty open about mental health in the past. I know you've you know, taken, taken on a role in like, the, the Let's Talk movement. How important is that for you know whether it's for you personally or just to be involved and just to have those conversations? Yeah, um, well, I think that personally I went through a lot of things off the ice, um, both you know uh, related to hockey, non-related to hockey, um, and it affected definitely my job, but also my everyday life. Uh, so you know I was in a very dark place at some points in my career and. You know, those are the places where you either give up or you don't. I definitely had times where I said, I told myself I was going to go give up. And, you know, I don't know why, but there just always seemed to be that little, little instant where it was like, okay, no, you can't give up. You came this far. And, um, you know, not only for hockey players, but just for everyone in, in life in general, there's always going to be those times where you think that, you know, everything's crashing down and, you can't get out of it or there's nothing you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel um and for myself i understood quickly that you know you gotta be vocal about it because i'm not a vocal person when it comes to speaking about my problems and my personal issues um but i found you know my fiance been a big help in me getting through those moments and, and being able to just you know talk about it openly and um, it doesn't have to be 
some sort of you know direct conversation about it but just know that you know if you do know someone's going through it just being able to be you know consistent with being there for them um because you know sometimes people go through a lot of things where it's like you know they they feel like oh people have said that they're there for me but they're really not you know and um i think that that like life right now with the internet and the media and, and just so much pressure constant pressure about looking at yourself and comparing yourself to other people um you know in general uh, uh you know oh i'm i'm you know i'm 25 i don't have a house i don't have that you know this guy's on the internet like flexing his money and and he i'm he's there i'm not uh what am i doing wrong and, and it's hard and especially for these young kids like I can't imagine growing up in this era right now just because of how much exposure that they're that's put in front of them about everything and anything. Um and there's so much going on in their lives. So I think that just being a being an available for the people that you love and and you don't have to directly tell them like hey, I'm here for you just, you know, physically do it and and put it in a way where it's like yeah, you can you can be there for someone without, you know, telling them like, "Hey, I know, I know you need help," you know, because that's for some people they don't want to talk about it. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, mental health nowadays is is very prevalent, and it's something that I think is very important to to be your best self. Because if your mind's not right, anything, everything else is not going to be right. And as soon as I got my mind right, I was playing my best hockey, and I was happy, and I was living, and my relationships off the ice were amazing, and everything just seemed to fall into place. Um, and it's different for everyone, you know. Like, there's not a book that's going to say, "Hey, this is how you get better," because it's not. It's just a, it's 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 a process. It's something that you have to get through on your own. And you know, yeah, there'll be people that help you, but at the end of the day, it's you got to figure out what you want and what you love and what you prioritize because at the end of the day the things that stress you out probably aren't as big as you think they'd be but they seem so big in the moment so yeah okay so one thing i did want to ask you about uh before we go is you did have an office incident in 2019 you got arrested on a misdemeanor assault charge eventually ended up getting dropped just what was that like for you how did that affect you yeah, I mean, it was an unfortunate incident. Um, Sonny and I were put in a situation in our own home where uh, people tried to extort us for more money than they originally asked for, which we gave them. And I feel like, um, you know, when things uh, got physical, we restrained ourselves and we really just dealt with it and asked them to leave. Um, and, you know, no physical altercation happened besides us just restraining them and asked them to leave. And then they ended up calling the police and the police came to our house, uh, immediately put us in cuffs, didn't want to know anything about the story. Uh, you know, got, got walked out to the car and then next thing you know, there's uh, paparazzi everywhere, flashing cameras and stuff. And it was just kind of so weird that, you know, at 4.30 a.m. there's already cameras and this was an incident that lasted maybe 20 minutes. Um, so, you know, in, in, in that amount of time, uh, I felt like it was kind of fishy that the, the media was already there, uh, knowing that we were involved and everything and nothing had eventually happened. The charges got dropped in court and everything. So it was just, um, you know, an unfortunate incident that I thought that, uh, made me kind of wary of, of 
potential dangers of hanging out with people that I didn't really know or trust and including them in, in uh, my social events and bringing them to my house. Um, and, you know, it's a life lesson. It's something that I, I had to go through to understand that it was not okay and, and I always have to be vigilant about uh, who I hang around with and, and who I deal with. Um, but eventually, obviously, like you said, the charges got dropped and um, nothing came from it, but the, the, the bad press and the media really affected me that year, I meant both mentally and obviously for my job. Uh, the, next, the next day, Sonny and I had to sign our contracts, so we didn't have much say in negotiations and anything, but, um, you know, again, like I said, an unfortunate event that was a life lesson and we got past it, but it definitely uh, was not a fun time because I had to deal with it during the year, you know, five, six months after I had to leave my team and go to New York and, and go to the court and stuff and all the expenses and time. But, um, yeah, I don't wish that upon anyone. And uh, it's over with. And, you know, it, it definitely is something that uh, I, learned, I learned from. All right, let's try to end on a more positive note. What's your number one interest away from hockey? Um, I'm really into music. Yeah, I, I, make, I make a lot of music uh, on my, in my spare time. And I'm trying to get into it more and more every day. Uh, I'm just practicing, working on it. So pr- the the production part of it, I, I make my own music, and yeah, it's it's been really fun. But I also have you know a fiance and a dog that I hang out with a lot. Um, I got a little wiener dog called Winnie. Uh, she's awesome. So yeah, it's uh, you know I love my life, and really I'm just blessed to to be here and to have what I have at home. So. All right. Thanks a lot, AJ. This was great. I appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you.